It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. What happens when Kanye West, the Jews, and Biden walk into a bank? We get canceled. One of them is getting canceled. I don't know what happens, but one of them is walking out canceled. That's I don't all. think you can say Kanye West That's and a, Jews together. I, and, yeah, not, and, at least not and right banks now. banks, too? Ooh. I know, I know. No, and Biden. I mean, it's all... Oh, that's yeah. a, it's a messy joke. I get it. I get it. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to Cosmopolitan. I believe it's Thursday evening. Thank you for joining us. Pastor Toby Chalk Knox. I'm the water boy. Salt and Strings boot, bo- Butchery. Ooh. I'm going with Butchery. Salt and Strings Butchery is a Christian-owned... Family small business. Ooh, look at that meat. Ooh, look at that. You see that tomahawk there? Oh, oh my goodness. I'm not going to read the rest of the ad now. Wait Forget a this. second. Quinn. Oh, let me just uh, go ahead. You, you, you oh, good? Another tomahawk. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. Wait a second. Hey. Uh-huh. Hey. What? Another tomahawk. Stop it. Oh. Quinn it- and Samantha Bible. Is that their name, really? Quinn has Quinn and Samantha Bible. Oh, are they related to my neighbor, Mr. Bible? Quinn has stop it, Gabe. I'm trying to re- read an ad. Quinn has operated a retail butcher shop in Southern Illinois since 2016. Is now launching an online store. Oh wow! Where you can purchase high quality farm to table beef. Wow! Knox, huh? Take it out. <laughs> Straight to your door or right under your shirt. If you're Knox, take it out. <laughs> We see check, you. Check it's out on camera. You're being filmed right now. Check out their available bundles and more. And for more information, go to saltandstrings.com. Saltandstrings.com. Get frozen meaty goodness sent to your door. That's fantastic. Today. They are, they're sponsors? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Isn't that you. amazing? Go buy meat. You were and, and they have beef jerky and they also have some other stuff, sausage or, or um, You're uh, trying to take yeah. the teriyaki sausages? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You put them. It's so good. I, I just, you know. You, uh, hey, I see that tomahawk still over there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's coming home yeah, with me. Fight, laugh, feast. Yeah. You know, amazing. I'm going to smoke some so, of this. So, uh, um, Nicholas Cruz, uh, the Parkland shooter, mm. the jury kind of uh, finally came out with um, not the verdict, but the sentencing. Yeah. Because remember, he pled guilty already. Right. And so they finally came out with the sentencing. How long has it been? Uh, it's been about four years, a little over four years. So the kid pled guilty. And then four years later, they finally give him give him the sentencing. You know why, don't you? Why? Well, because they had to make a whole bunch of money off those victims' families. Oof. <laughs> That's right. I mean, what Oof. else would we be doing? I mean, he's got to watch a little TV and get a bunch of meat wow. and food, Stop and it. and so we got to make sure we make the victims, you know, and suffer so, a little more. So the jury did not wow. uh, give him the death penalty, and there was actually three jurors 
that uh, voted against the death penalty, I think you need uh, you need to be um, 100%. 100% jurors got to vote. Unanimous. To unanimous. That's what I was trying to come up with. That word. That word, yep. unanimous. Yep. Uh, and so, actually, uh, Ron DeSantis had something to say about this today because of that verdict. One thing um, about uh, this verdict uh, with the Parkland killer, uh, I think that uh, if you have a death penalty at all, uh, that that is a case where you're massacring those students with premeditation uh, and utter disregard for basic humanity that you deserve the death penalty. Apparently it was 11 to 1 with one holdout refusing to authorize uh, the ultimate punishment. You know, they used to do this. He would have been executed in six months. He's guilty. Everybody knew that from the beginning, and yet it takes years and years That's in right. this legal system that is not serving the interests of victims. That's right. So Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. So because it's not executed speedily, yeah. more evil yeah. will occur. And, and, and it particularly says the heart of the sons of men yeah. is more set to do evil. Right. And, and you know what? And here's a way, too. It makes us want a Batman. We want someone to now put this kid in to the do grave. justice because and, and our, justice. our government's not doing justice. We want saying? someone to come and do so justice. They're, they're going to put him. So in if a, someone sniped him, everyone would rejoice. Everybody's going to rejoice because we're saying, yeah. hey, he should be dead because yeah. he killed people, innocent and, people. And yeah. for those who want to become Batman, the next two verses are for them. Yeah. Ooh. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him, but it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he fears not before God. Ooh. Which Facts. means you don't get to do Batman. God's got it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. God's got it. The righteous are going to be protected and blessed. The wicked are going to be brought down. Even the ones who do a hundred wicked things and keep getting away with it. Yeah. Keep getting released back on the streets. So Ron DeSantis, he said his 11-1 is actually three jurors um, uh, voted, voted against it. Don't you so, ever so correct Ron DeSantis. Don't I know, you I know. ever correct but Ron. Here's, here's what's interesting, okay? The jurors were handed by the prosecutor. They're handed seven aggravating circumstances. So basically seven reasons why he should get the like what made be convicted. So or, yeah, what well, makes it bad. And then they were handed by, I, as I understand it, they're handed by the defense, the jurors, you know, mitigating factors. Right. Things why they, they shouldn't give them the death penalty. And they, oh, yeah. they're supposed to weigh, according to the law that I understand in Florida, before someone gets the death penalty, they have yeah. to weigh the Mitigating versus aggravated. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so here's here's the seven. I'll read through the seven. I'll, I'll skip around on the other other ones, the mitigating. But the seven ag aggravating circumstances. First, the first degree murder was committed by Cruz, who was previously convicted of a felony involving the, the use of threatened violence. And, and Cruz pled guilty. He actually pled guilty to this. Right. Cruz knowingly created a great risk of death to many persons. The first degree murder was committed while Cruz was engaged in commission of burglary. The first degree murder was especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel. The first degree murder was committed in a cold, calculated, premeditated manner without any pretense of moral or legal justification. Uh, number six, the first degree murder was committed to disrupt or hinder lawful exercise of any government function or the enforcement of laws, any government function. So, That's so, a little so, weird. So, well, you're saying like a, like a school. He went inside yeah. of a school. He did something he shouldn't have done yeah. at an at event that he, he shouldn't have done. say a church or whatever. I mean, like, I mean it's you know, a I don't school. Know. It's a right. government. Number seven, the victim of the capital felony was an elected or appointed public official engaged in performance of his or her duty. So there's some sort of additional penalty for killing yeah. a, a public official. Yeah, no, that's, yeah I can get that. Okay. So those are the seven. 
that the juror was handed right. as saying, hey, this is why he's guilty. Jury, and this is, this yeah, is yeah. you should uh, uh, give him a penalty based off these factors, right. okay? Yeah. Now, the mitigating factors, he's actually giving, um, according to this article, 41 mitigating factors. Okay. 41. Oh, boy. So seven, seven aggravating factors and 41 mitigating. Okay. Nicholas Cruz, number one. Nicholas Cruz is a human being. That's an aggravating factor. That's what a, about that? What, what, what about? Yeah, that's exactly. What about the other human Genesis beings? Genesis nine six. Right. No, yeah. but it's, seriously, that's like it is yeah. because because he's a human being made him, in the image of God. Give him the dignity yep. of responsibility for his actions. Well, maybe we should have this guy go to abortion clinics and argue that in front of. Or sing hymns in front of the door. Because he's—that's. I mean, that's yeah. actually a valid. Hey, you can't go in there and commit murder because they're human beings. Right. That's right. Maybe right. we can get that's no death right. penalty for them. That's if that's we right. do that. No, no, the FBI is coming to your house. Ah, uh, yeah. Number two, Cruz has neurodevelopment disorder associated with prenatal alcohol exposure. Let me just read through these real quick so you kind of get the idea. <laughs> wait, wait. His mama was drinking, so right. that's yeah. the problem. Cruz, I got it. Cruz has alcohol-related neurodevelopment disorder. Cruz was not correctly diagnosed as a child and did not therefore receive appropriate interventions. Cruz was exposed to alcohol in utero. Cruz was exposed to drugs in utero. Cruz was exposed to nicotine in utero. So it kind of goes through. Was he know. vaccinated? That's probably. <laughs> no, yeah, because yeah. this is pre-COVID. Okay. Yes, true. Oh, right. True, true, I, Parkland right. happened, I think, in 2018. Oh, man. Cruz's birth mother did not, uh, did not obtain proper prenatal care. Well, Cruz, here's one. Cruz was 19 years old at the time of the crime. All right. Huh. Yeah. How old, how old and, were and all, the, all Remember, 17 people were murdered. Yeah. Uh, yeah 17. Uh, how old were the victims? Yeah, they were probably younger than that. Okay, keep they're going. At school, they're, uh, their Cruz, lives don't matter as much. Cruz was raised by a single mother. That's that's facts. Uh, so yeah. uh, no, know, I know. I'm keep, not saying. I'm not saying that. They, yeah, Cruz lived with a parent who abused alcohol. Um, Cruz was Cruz's mother was inconsistent with his medication regimen. Oh well, in that case, he was right for killing the seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Is there one thing yet that said, "Oh yeah, well in that case, you know, yeah, I get it." Uh, here's a good one. Cruz was immature for his age. <laughs> That's a mitigating factor. You know, you got to You got to You got to stop and think for a second. It. I would rather the culture that says. My son, my kids are acting crazy. Bring them to the civil magistrate and let's deal with them. Let's stone them if we need to be because they're going to be a versus this. Yeah. There, there is at uh, least one carries a form of justice with it where this right here, this is insane. Yeah. This is. Number 35, Cruz exhibited appropriate uh, courtroom behavior. <laughs> <laughs> For four um, years, apparently. Uh, this, I think this yeah. one, um, uh, Cruz will be punished in prison. And society will be protected. He will not be punished in prison. Prison no, is this, not a punishment. No, this is actually. It is see, not a justice. No, no, no. no. This is what uh, I was talking about punishment. earlier about the vigilante stuff. Those guys in prison have their own code and they're not going to. He's going to have to have as much protection in prison oh, yeah. as he would have out on the street right now. He'll be right in a now. special prison cell where he gets cable. Because those guys are going to say, you did what? Oh, no. This, this one, then, this I, one I takes the cake. Gonna, I think you're right, Knox. This one takes the cake. Cruz is loved by people who continue to be present in his life. What, what happened to the 17 kids? They aren't going to be loved by know, mom and dad. So the fact that we had, okay, so we had nine jurors that said, yes, give them the death penalty. We had three who didn't. Right. Okay. I like the numbers, but I still have to say we have to raise the kind of people where we don't have one person who doesn't understand the implications of this case. Yeah. Right. We have That's to. Right. That's right, Knox. We have to yeah. raise the kind of families that this is a no-brainer. Like, no, it. he took people's lives, and so because of that, God has told us to take His life. Otherwise, the it. blood that is spilled is crying out to God for justice. Yep. 
And now we have the judgment of God because we haven't dealt with this sin. Do you understand how we get judgment in the land? This is how we get judgment. Let us build and justice is not executed speedily. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, who was it? Uh, Achan? Who it was one man. Yeah. It was one man. We yeah. lost the battle because of one man. Right. Now we got three. This and, is horrible. And God judged his whole And family. God judged the whole nation. We lost the whole war. People lost their lives yeah. because we didn't deal with that, right? Yeah. So this is a problem in our camp. And one of the ways we got to fight on the front end, which is, okay, that's bad laws. We got to figure out how to fix that. Right. But we also got to raise the kind of people that are in the courtroom and saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. We're not doing this. Yeah, we're, we're, we're bringing justice, we're to, bringing our justice to our to land. We're bringing justice to our land. Well, so, I liked what DeSantis said. I mean, back in the day, six months, he's guilty. Yeah. No, there's no funny business. Double check it, triple check it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Quadruple then, check it. And then let's the immediately execute this. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely no reason for this to be drug out for four years yep. and then make excuses for him. And so here's here's how crazy our society is getting. So we kind of, I mean, that's crazy what just happened. But then they also list um, all his deficits or disorders or impairments. Right. Think like ADHD. Right. Developmentally delayed, severe phonological delay, memory defects, motor function delays, neurological impairments, social skill impairments, adaptive function. You know, they kind of go on intellectual deficits. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The biblical answer to this, of course, is that in the Bible, animals that kill human beings must be put to death. That's right. So regardless of his mental capacity, right, the the Bible says that if you've taken a man's life, your life is forfeit. Um, And... And I, I, you know, let's say it's the worst possible situation, all kinds of impairments, all right. kinds of disorders, all kinds of disabilities. That person, though, nevertheless, who takes human life, his life, yep. his life is forfeit. So it, we, we actually dug into the to the history books here and found that that 1960s, you know, West Side Story actually had some prophetic songs really? about this about this moment. Yeah, punk. Dear kindly Sergeant Krupke, you gotta understand, it's just our bringing up key that gets us out of hand. Our mothers all are junkies, our fathers all are drunks. Golly Moses, naturally we're punks. Gee, Officer Krupke, we're very upset. We never had the love that every child ought to get. We ain't no delinquents, we're misunderstood. Deep down inside us, there is good. <laughs> this whole scene yeah. almost explains everything that's going on. And it's not just so they start first with the Officer Crumpke, the individual yeah, kind yeah. of the home and then the interaction between the, the individual and the police. And the police then take them to the judge so the judge can diagnose what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Dear kindly judge your honor, my parents treat me rough with all their marijuana. They won't give me a puff. They didn't want to have me, but somehow I was had. Leap on lizards, that's why I'm so bad. What? Officer Krupke, you're in your square. This boy don't need a judge, he needs an analyst care. <laughs> this shucks his neurosis, that ought to be quite. He's psychologically destroyed. I'm destroyed. We're, we're destroyed. destroyed, we're destroyed. We're the most destroyed. <laughs> like we're psychologically destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Opinion of escort. This child is depraved on account he ain't had a normal home. Hey, I'm depraved on account I'm deprived. Uh-huh. See, that's that's how we're actually in function. It's not the sin. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. it's he's, not that we've he's fallen. Destroyed. He's a stub on the count that he's been <laughs> deprived. And he's depraved because he's been deprived. That's what the problem is. And so he needs a psychologist. No, don't. But he's not. basically good inside. Yeah, he doesn't need the death penalty. Of course not. This that. is what happens when when you when there's no God in heaven. There's no ultimate standard. Yep. 
We don't understand that we're fallen, we're sinners, in need of a savior. Mm, this is yeah. where we end up. And we need to make sure we punish sin and crime the way we were supposed to. Right. Two different civil offices for that. More cross politic coming up next. This is where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Home. It's where you build your legacy. Where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Not so long ago, the American dream was alive and well. Employees who worked hard were rewarded, and employers looked for people who could do the job, not for people who had the right political views. Redballoon.work is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses successful. Free speech, hard work, and having fun. If you're a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work and not identity politics, then post a job on redballoon.work. If you're an employee who's being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist, post your resume on redballoon.work and look for a new job. Redballoon.work, the job site where free speech is still alive. Redballoon.work. You were there at our conference, and guess what they were giving out? Balloons. Red, Red balloons. balloons that Network. were popping throughout our talks. It was sad. We were sabotaged. Which was kind of cool, though, because <laughs> it, it reminded me that we were, we were inundated with kids Yep, we love that's right. Well, Kill. some of those were adults. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Popping balloons. So I, I, I don't think people understand how much our military is in trouble. Mm. And I one don't. more thing, Haley, I would emphasize is I think um, more broadly in terms of, you know, soldiers coming from um, marginalized communities or, you know, demographics that are not widely represented in the Army, that's part of why we've got to emphasize positive command climates and inclusion. You know, we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. Um, but first of all, I would say if, if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country or overseas when I go and visit. But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and we've got to make them all feel included. And that's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are important. Oh, so, that, so for those who poor, aren't watching the TV, that, that poor that's, woman. Yeah, that's the United States Secretary of Army, um, uh, Christine Wormuth. With us today in the studio is Mr. Jason Bluto. Retired Air National Guard Security Forces Commander and Police Detective from L.A. County, California. Oh. 
Knox, don't mess with him. Okay? Wait, don't, po- oh, man. don't steal don't that mess steak. with him. Don't be stealing that I, steak. I put it back. <laughs> I saw what you did with those steaks. <laughs> so you know, I don't have it on me <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Maybe a frisk later. You know. <laughs> Maybe the glove. I, I know what the position is. I, yeah. I'll, take, I'll take the steaks home with me and book them into evidence. <laughs> Jason is currently the owner and lead instructor of Blue Tactical, a leading edge firearms and use of force training company here in Moscow, Idaho. Jason, thanks for coming on Cross Politics. Uh, It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. So is the most important thing for readiness inclusion? Uh, No, actually, an inclusion (laughs) works against readiness. Okay. Um, So, and and I'll parse that out a little bit. So when she's talking about readiness, what she's talking about is the ability for the Army to project combat power, uh, to execute the national defense and national security strategies. Right. And so to do that, you almost have to go back to, uh, you know, Forrest Gump when Forrest gets on that army bus and says, hi, I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. And he's like, nobody cares what your name is. You <laughs> oh, get on the yeah. bus. So, I mean, that would be an example of that not being very, inclusive. That very inclusive. No. Huh. And they were turned, doing yeah. DEI training. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and it turns out that being part of a team like the military is, whether it's um, small units that work into the big picture within the Army or the Army working with the Air, Air Force or the Navy, uh, a team uh, atmosphere and the success of a team depends on them all working together and sacrificing for the mission, not worrying about what my feelings are at the moment and who's who's mm. who's caving to whatever emotional uh, experience I'm having at that time. You know, part of what I've seen in, inside of Christianity, the thing that's been really interesting is that everybody's talk about being included and connected together. And so we need to make sure that people feel included and connected together. And it's always ticked me off because I'm like, wait a second, I got baptized so I can have the mark of inclusion. That was, that was my inclusion into right, this was right. that I was baptized and I've been marked by that to be one of the Christian people that Christ has died for. What is that mark um, of inclusion for the military, what does that look like for them? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think uh, an important point. So when you go into the military, um, you take the oath of, oath, oath of your enlistment, the oath of office as an officer, and basically you, swore, you swear to defend the Constitution of the United States. And, mm. you know, we used to have a saying, yeah, we're here to defend democracy, we're not here to observe it. You know, so you kind of you walk in the door and you give up yeah. uh, the right to do whatever you want in the freedoms that a normal citizen, uh, you know, enjoys to exer- to execute the mission uh, of the of the country to defend, uh, you know, liberty, other people's liberty in the in the Constitution. So nowhere in there um, should should I be saying, well, you know, I'm marginalized, and you know, why is it why is it the white people always got to sweep the floor? You right. know, right. Right. Why? Why is that? And, you know, and I've seen that, too, as a commander, you know, the new guys, when they come in, they get all the they get all the the, um, crap duties that nobody wants. Right. You take out the trash or or you're the one that's uh, cleaning the Humvee out. Yeah. And there's never even that. So in the newer troops, as I started working towards retirement, they would they would vocalize a little bit about its demeaning. Why do I have to take the trash out? And it's demeaning. Right. You know, and fortunately, we were we were part of a combat unit. So that got you know, stuffed pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it's like, shut up and take the trash out. So, no one cares. And, but Jason, think? but Jason, what you're saying though, is, is in order to be successful, to, you know, real readiness and be successful in the mission, it's actually about individuals surrendering their individuality to the mission, to the team. Yeah. And so, and, and you, and you need that in order to be combat effective. Yeah, exactly. You can't be narcissistic and selfish. Right. It's all about, you know, I was um, tell, talking with Knox earlier about this, is 
what if soldiers started saying, you know, I don't like getting up at three in the morning. Yeah. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't really feel like, you know, rushing that machine gun nest and saving my yeah. squad. It's my, my, my culture. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, cu- yeah. So, right. so really it's, it's, well, and it's, but it's uh, really a trend in the culture that you're starting to see manifest in the military. How much so, of this, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was just wondering, you know, one of the things you talked about earlier is when you sign up for the military, you have sacrificed yourself for something else. For right. everybody else. Right. Is that something, is a mentality that's just kind of gone from American culture, or is it gone from the principles inside of them? What, what, what's happened there? Well, I think if you look at the current state of the, the military services, they're having a hard time recruiting. A lot of people are leaving, and it's because of guys like me. You sign up when you're when you're 18 because you, you believe in this country, you believe in the mission, you believe that we're doing good overseas and and as that slowly erodes and you don't believe that you know the mission anymore is a good one or consistent with the constitution or your values you guys like me start getting out and what you're left with is the people that will take orders because they're given some kind of reward whether it's college money or whether oh. it's the secretary of the army there that will reward their emotional state because they want to oh. be special you know, so, so. Then that, so then that has an effect on battle because if you got in to sacrifice yourself from others, if there's no reward in it and you can't get it, then dying for someone becomes very problematic. Yes. So, Jason, do you think, I mean, I mean, there's all kinds of, I mean, there's always rumors of, of wars, you know, uh, saber rattling of various sorts. We've got the, the Russia-Ukraine thing going on right now. I mean, how— Tension with China, how, Taiwan. How battle-ready are the U.S. forces, given this— invasion of DEI ideologies and coddling soldiers? Well, I think um, there is a remnant that's ready. You know, you're going to have your your uh, guys that still stay in. I have lots of friends that stay in, and a lot of them are fighting the COVID, the, yeah, the yeah. COVID vaccination mandates right. because um, they still believe in what they're doing, and, and they don't... Th- just to your point, they don't want to get out because then what does that leave us with? Right. Mm-hmm. So there, I think there is a state of readiness there I think what also helps us is that we project a lot of power remote through remote control aircraft. So you, there's, so there's not a lot of sacrifice there. If you have to get in a Connex box and in Nevada to fly a predator and, mm-hmm. and shoot people from Las Vegas. Um, so, but, um, but I think it's going to diminish yeah. the, the more uh, that people are encouraged to be selfish um, and the less they're, they're encouraged to sacrifice. I mean, if you're not willing to sacrifice, um, your emotional state or your victimhood, um, how, how ready will you be to sacrifice your life for right. the guy next to you? Right. Jason, you know, when, when the forced vaccine thing started happening in the military, I mean, we had a lot of sympathy. We actually interviewed a lot of, we interviewed a colonel, we interviewed a lot of people, lawyers all involved in fighting against the forced vaccine mandate. But one of the things that struck me, struck us through it all was, um, well, we're throwing down about the forced vaccine mandate, but why didn't, why didn't all these guys who you know see this tyranny not throw down about women in the military tyranny? You know, we we had a problem over here twenty years later, but we should have been standing standing up, speaking out about women in the military a long time ago. Yeah, that's a great point. I think it's the boiling frog. You know, I mean, I think feminism is just so permeated our culture that nobody even considers that anymore. I mean, consider think about this bill that's. Uh, going forward now yep. that uh, women are going to be part of the draft. Right. Yep. I don't hear anybody 
in my military groups uh, talking about you know how how offended how offensive that is, or that they don't want to offer up their daughters to the draft. You know, it's almost non-existent. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard I, I heard that there might be an adjustment where they actually might take the forced um, uh, draft draft from women, but keep it for tranny women, men who are women in the military. Yeah, that's so forced yeah. draft. Women still, but if you're a trainee, it's forced draft. <laughs> well, nothing instills fear in the enemy like a transvestite. Like, like a man dressed you. in makeup wearing a dress. I'm afraid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so, Jason, so if our military, I I'm, I'm still want to believe that they have can still see objectively, right? So then when they see, as far as being combat ready, and they see women, and they know, they know they're not performing in the same manner. They can see that. they the, All the facts are there. I watched the panel uh, where they had the uh, many, they had pastors, they had women in the military who were against this draft and against women in fighting in, in the battle. And so all the facts are there. They know all the facts. And they know that they don't present a ready military. Why would they still push that in, you know, Knowing that it doesn't make them more deadly, actually less deadly. And all the guys know, man, she's not going to be able to carry me, right? You know, she's not going to be able to hold up at the end of the day. And a lot of the women know that. And a lot of the women know that. Yeah, that's right. So why, so, why did it? Yeah. So, the, I mean, the root of the problem is unprincipled men that are wearing stars on their uniforms at oh, this point. Mm. One of the biggest wake-up calls I had um, was my time in D.C. for for four years working for you know, the uh, chief uh, um, for the Air National Guard and, and a lot of high-ranking senior officers. And what you, what you start to notice is um, this swamp that Donald Trump would talk about where you have a lot of civilians inside the Department of Defense. And the military, the officers come and go in some of these assignments, but the, but the civilians stay. And so the politicians and the civilians that all live in D.C., which is a was majority of liberals, kind of run the government. Mm. And so if you're an unprincipled officer and you want to make rank, you want to make colonel, you want to make one star, four star, then you're going to cave to politicians. You're not going to hold the hold to any principles. And so these guys, it's the same thing with the vaccine. They can the, the senior uh, leaders and the generals could see what's going on. But again, just like these new, these new, yeah, these new troops are worried about themselves yeah. and being selfish, and and are they being included? The uh, the generals are doing the same thing; they're worrying about themselves. So, so at the, I think at the center of all this is selfishness. Wow. Yeah, which, which go back to, back to the point. I mean, it, I mean, if you want to be combat ready, you have to be selfless. Right. You have to you have to give up yourself and for the mission, for the cause, for right. for what is true. So I think we need to go on backstage for this next angle here but I want, I want to talk about what is uh right insubordination what is you know insubordination is a problem in the military and I, and I think it should be punished but what is what is a um a legal you know way of being properly insubordinate like forced vaccine stuff like that okay we can talk about that also one, but- i want to complain about the new top gun Oh, no. okay. I finally saw it. Okay, okay. We can t- I want to talk about that too. I okay. absolutely want to talk about that. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. But before we go really quick um what is there anything that we can do currently that can head off where we're going right now with the lack of readiness in our military? What would you suggest? Uh, boy, that's a great question. You know, I get a lot of people come to me or they send young men to me when they're thinking about going to the military and they're like, Hey, Jason, have lunch with this guy. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll sit there and I'll give it to him straight. And, uh, some, some continue to go in, some don't, but it's, it's really a struggle right now to, um, 
to answer uh, the question of what's worth dying for anymore. Mm. You know, um, would would you want to go to Ukraine right now to mm. fight for Ukraine against Russia? Um, I think there's some some real questions there. I'm, I'm thankful that we're not. But I think uh, I think what um, some guys are doing, uh, being faithful, staying in the military, fighting the vaccination mandates, um, are, are are the types of things that we need to do. Um, is those you know continue to stand up, um, and then hopes that you know we get a change in the White House and that they that they truly change some cabinet positions that make a change in the military. Mm. So I always hate to say that you know go to politicians or are where, you know, our hope is, is, is for these kind of things. But I think that would go a long way. So if Trump would have done what everybody was fearful of and actually, you know, cleaned out the swamp, I think we'd be in a far better position. But some of these senior leaders that are worried more about themselves and their stars need to go and more principled men need to be installed in those positions. Mm. Always comes back to the home and making principled men. All right. Stick around, Jason. We're going to talk with you more. Talk about Top Gun and all kinds of other stuff. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the backstage. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Meet Big Ed. He has a tax-funded taste for children. Big Ed knows that the best grooming starts early. He has a plan for your preschoolers, a plan to gender confuse your grade schoolers. But if you think his grooming stops there, you have not been paying attention. Big Ed wants to liberate your daughters from old-fashioned ideas like, well, you already know. Big Ed has dorm rooms ready for you in prison buildings of learning and professors standing by dedicated to grooming young adults in doubt and unbelief. After all, he is the gatekeeper of this brave new world. And if you want a job, you'll need to pay him with years of your life for a permission slip. Yeah, whatever. You think David paid Goliath for a certificate in giant management before those two squared off? Did Luther major in theses? Was George Washington summa cum laude in empire repellents? while Jefferson focused on ag with a minor in declarations. When the world needs saving, meaningful vocations abound for those who are truly prepared. And the truth is, despite Marxist advances, this is still America and Big Ed is still a voluntary opt-in. So don't, not at any level, not preschool, not middle school, not college. It isn't complicated. When Big Ed offers you free candy, Stay away. You'll thank us later. We know it's crazy, but run with us here. Men and women were created in the image of God. You don't need a government certificate of faux learning for personal validation or permission to work. You were born with divine permission to pursue knowledge and understanding, truth, goodness, and beauty. And at New St. Andrews College, we are committed to helping students do just that to their fullest potential. In an age dominated by chaos when learning is on a choke leash controlled by Big Ed and his many strange friends, ours is an education for outlaws, an education for men and women committed to building a beautiful and free society in the ruins of the Western world. When thinking is outlawed, only outlaws will think. Yes, Big Ed hates what we do, but his hatred 
brings us joy. New St. Andrews College. Liberal Arts for Outlaws. Mind, body, and soul.